want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. This week, the Spirit moved in a mighty way. In second service, Pastor John spoke on what it means to make a real sacrifice. Let's tune in together now. Praise God. We thank God for you guys. It's, you know what, ministry can't be done without sacrifice. And when, the, when people are willing to sacrifice their time, uh, I know specifically, I don't know about uh, Sister Margot, but I know Sister Liz, she took off from work. You guys listen to this, okay? She took off of work so that you could be ministered to and your children be ministered to. She made a sacrifice, not so that she could get something, so that, it, that the atmosphere was ready for you to get something. You guys understand that level of sacrifice? She has a family. She has three daughters. She could have used this vacation time or her off time to go on vacation with her family. But instead, she said, no, I want to do this. I'm going to do this with excellence. She's going to grab people. They're going to team up with her and help because the, the ushers, some of the ushers and the other men were here helping her. She gave up her time. She was on the phone with us, making sure everything was right, uh, making connections and doing everything so that our little girls could be ministered to. That is the requirement that God calls for. That is a sacrifice that is a sweet-smelling savor unto the nostrils of God. It costs her something. It, it, it's, this is the kind of sacrifice that God wants from all of us. He doesn't want a half-hearted sacrifice. He doesn't want your Cain sacrifice. He wants an Abel sacrifice. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Cain and Abel. They gave a sacrifice. One gave of what he had from the fields and the crops, and the other one gave the best, which was something, a life. He, had to, he slayed a lamb and gave it to the Lord. The other one just gave what he had, what he could afford to give. One wasn't accepted, and the other one was. So I'm just here to let you guys know, just honestly, I'm being honest with you as a pastor. If it's not a sacrifice that costs you something, it's not accepted. Give me your Bible, please. Do you have it? Okay. Thank you. I'm just going with the Lord. I know I had a message. Praise God. And I might go with it, but we got to, I just got to go here. So can you guys give me a second while I find this? The book of Genesis. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be around chapter four. Turn it, uh, chapter four, start at verse one, chapter four, verse one. I don't know what kind of version you have up here. Uh, 
It's got like all these little notes in here. <laughs> Praise God. I'm sorry, but you know what? I got to go with this. It's going to be a second. We might just pray after this and praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians, I mean Galatians. Genesis, if you can, chapter 4. I'll just start off with one. And a man knew Eve, his wife, and conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of Jehovah. And again, she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cain was a tiller of the ground. What is ground? It is earth. It is soil. It represents flesh. Cain was a tiller of the ground, which meant he dealt with dirt. He dealt with flesh fleshly things okay keep that in mind and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground and offering unto Jehovah and Abel he also brought of his firstling of the flock and of the fat thereof and Jehovah had respect unto Abel and his offering but unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell and Jehovah said unto Cain why art thou wroth why are you mad and why is your countenance falling? It's thou dwellest, uh, if thou doest well, shall it not be lifted up? And if thou doest not well, sin crouches at the door, and unto thee shall be its desire. But do thou, and, but do thou rule over it. And Cain told Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. I need you to see something here where it says this. It says, if thou doest well, shall it not be lifted up? And if thou doest not well, sin crouches at the door, and its desire is to have you. What I want to say today to you is that there's people in here that have been dealing with a lot of sin. They're dealing with issues and stuff at your life, things that you can't avoid and you can't get around. And it's probably because the sacrifices that you're giving to God aren't accepted. If you notice, it says that Cain was a keeper of sheep. He was a pastor. He was a shepherd. And he led sheep. But when he came and he gave to God, he gave God something that died. He gave the best of. He gave something that cost him something. And when it came down to, to uh, excuse me, I said Cain. That was Abel. Cain gave what he had. Something from the earth. Something from his flesh. And see, that's what we tend to keep doing, saints of God. We're giving God something we feel like he ought to accept. We call it first fruits, and it's not first fruits. It's first flesh. I'm going to give God what I can afford. I'm going to give God what's going to be comfortable for me. I'm going to give God that which is not going to put me in a place where I, I desire to have what I want because there's some things that I want and me going to church, me serving, me tithing is going to keep me from doing what I plan for my life. Right. Woo! And because we do these type of things, the Bible says if you offer to God that which is acceptable to God, 
it's going to be raised up. You do well. But if you offer them stuff from your flesh, which you think is right, he says sin is waiting for you at your door. And it will master you. Bible says we are no longer slaves to sin, but we become slaves to sin when we submit to sin. Mm. Do you guys realize that you can live a life? We had baptisms the other week and we had these baptisms and in the baptism, when you get baptized, you are no longer a slave to sin. You are identified with Christ, uh, Christ's death, burial and resurrection because you died with Christ. When you went into the water, you will also be raised with Christ. When you come out of the water, you are new. You are no longer a slave to sin. You now have power to live a life. Listen, you have a power to live a life sin free. But when we don't offer God ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, this is why we continue to deal with sin that masters us. Why can't I help myself? Paul said it himself. He says, that which I know I should do, I don't do. And that what I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Is there a witness in this place and understands what I'm talking about? I don't want to do it, but I find myself doing it. I don't even have the strength to stop myself from doing it, and I'm trying to figure out why. The answer today is because you haven't given God an acceptable sacrifice. I'm not preaching about laying your money down at the altar, so don't get it twisted. Because if you give your money begrudgingly, keep it. This God's church. He's going to take care of this church. Same way he took care of me and my wife when we were broke as a joke. He's going to take care of this church. Don't you know that my God owns a cattle, a thousand cattle upon the hill? So I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about your life. I'm worried about your salvation. I'm worried about you walking a, a life that's uh, worthy of Jesus Christ. Acceptable sacrifices. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and I said it, it says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Do you know what holy means? Set apart. Set apart. That means I'm setting my body, my life, everything that comes with this body, my life, because my body is a vessel. My body holds something, which is the spirit of God. So I'm going to set my life aside for God. He says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why is it your reasonable service? Because Jesus paid for it. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, if I go and I buy a car, that car is to serve me. And I expect it. I expect it to operate correctly. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because if I, if I get a car and I paid for a car and it's not working right, I'm getting rid of it. Some of you guys are in here looking at me like, well, we thank God you ain't God. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but you got to think about the analogy. Because the point is, whatever you pay for, you expect to, to, to work right. Jesus Christ paid for that body of yours. He paid for it with his blood upon the cross. He paid for you to have life and life more abundantly. 
but you can't get what he paid for until you give him what he paid for. To present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's your reasonable service. He died for you, so live for him. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? It doesn't make sense. How can I live for somebody I ain't never met? I ain't got the receipt. He paid for my life. I usually when, because I'm going to tell you right now, as a church, anytime we buy anything, I get an email, and it's from Jackie, our accountant. Where's the receipt? I know it was paid for, but I need to see evidence. God paid, and he sent a receipt called the Holy Spirit, which is the evidence. He's given you his spirit that can dwell in you is the evidence. And that spirit that he puts in you will give you that same strength, that same power, the same conviction. You know that thing that you get ready to do that you don't want to do, but you end up doing. But before you don't want to do it, there's something telling you not to do it. That's the spirit of God telling you not to do it. But because your mind is all in your, your mind, you, you're thinking earthly because you, you haven't been transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. You start thinking, well, it's going to be OK, because now, guess what? God's going to forgive me. He's a God full of grace and mercy. I'll just pray later on. Or what I'll do is I, I won't retain God in my mind to do what I want to do. And then after I'm done, I'll just repent and I'll think about God when I'm done. See, there's one thing we forget is that God is not a man that we can just like, you know, like people when they cheat on their spouses or and they steal stuff, they think if I do it, nobody sees it. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> Y'all didn't catch that one, right? God sees everything. He knows everything. Even though you're not retaining him in your mind while you're sinning or you're doing what you shouldn't do, he still sees you. Huh? And then what happens? And then all of a sudden you go back. Do you know that Paul says that should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Saints of God, grace isn't a safety net for us to keep living life like we want to. Grace is not a safety net for us to offer God fleshly sacrifices. Grace is for the transition from darkness to light, from death to life. It's the grace that keeps you on that tightrope. To walk. It's when you begin to fall, the grace, the wind of grace blows you right back up. But do you realize when we sin and we offer the sacrifices to God that aren't acceptable, we actually have to go against the wind of grace to do it. You ever walk against the wind that's blowing you? You ever see a strong wind blow you and you literally have to lean forward and walk into it? That's what we do Grace being that wind, and that's what we do when we want to do with things our way. Because God's love and his mercy is pushing us to go the right way. We literally have to fight against God. Sin is crouching at the door. It's crouching at the door. It's crouching at all of our doors. Even if you're doing the right thing or not, the difference is when you answer the door, who's going to jump who? That's the difference. Will you be able to open the door and be able to rebuke him like a Jehovah Witness? Or are you going to stand there and take the brochure anyway? I had a friend. 
God bless him. <laughs> I thought he was harsh, but I said, man, that is so true. We were walking, this Jehovah Witness guy came up to him, this young guy, and he, and, and he went up to him to say something to him. You know, like, hey, brother, you never read the... My friend turns and looks at him and says, you are on your way to hell. <laughs> he said... You are reading stuff that is an apostasy. God is not pleased. And he just went off. And I'm like, dude, easy. Season your speech with salt. But then as I began to think, sometimes those, those rude awakenings, those shocks, it, uh, it wakes people up. You know, you try telling. This is what I learned in the Army. I learned, I would tell people, excuse me, shh. They keep talking. Shh, everybody, I need your attention. Hey, trying to talk. Can you guys please be quiet? And after six times, I'd be like, shut up! It'd get quiet. 90% of the people get quiet. Make it a 95. And now I got 5% of people that are offended. You don't talk to me like that. Well, when I was trying to talk to you appropriately, you didn't listen. See, right now, I'm trying to save your life. And me whispering to you, obviously, you're not getting it. Me, me sitting here speaking gently to you might not get it. This is why Jesus said offenses must come. There's times that me as a pastor and people around you are going to talk to you in ways you don't want to hear. And as I begin to talk to you, I may offend you, but I'd rather have you hate me for telling the truth than be your friend to lie to you. Is your sacrifice acceptable? What are you offering God? See, the Bible says in, in Matthew 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And, 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 and as I think about that, in, in my mind's eye, I see a person looking. He sees God off in the distance because sometimes God seems so far away. And we sit here and go, God, please come to me. God, please come to me. I see you're so far away. I feel like you're so far away. And he is far away to you. But he's like this. Look, I already came. Why are you asking me to come again? Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. So what we do is we begin to start walking towards God. I don't care about the car. I don't care about the relationships. I don't care about being single. I don't care about being married. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the kids. I'm worried about reaching my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ. And as I begin to seek out my God, all these things. Zoom, oh, here goes the wife. Zoom, here goes the job. Oh, zoom, here come the kids. Zoom, there goes the house. Boom, there comes the car. This is what happens when we follow Christ, when we lay our bodies down as an acceptable sacrifice to God. All these things, a man that findeth a wife findeth what? A good thing. These things. I remember being a single man searching for God. And I said, God, Alexandria, Virginia, I'm sitting on top of my car. It's a nice summer night, and I'm looking up in the sky. And I said, God, I love you, and I'll do anything you want me to do. But today, I want to just to share my heart with you. I want to be married. I want to be married. I want to give somebody my heart. And I described to the Lord exactly what I wanted detailed. 
I won't go into it right now. <laughs> Some of y'all heard the story. Specifically, basically what I did, I said, God, this is what I want. I never prayed for it again, didn't start looking, didn't start seeking. I laid it down at the altar as I looked up in the stars and prayed to my Lord. And I continued to seek God with everything in my heart. I pursued him with a passion like no other. God was, man, God was so real to me. It just, everything was happening. Just, he was revealing himself to me. It was wonderful. I would see God. I, I would go to sleep and have visions of Jesus Christ and the visions of the cross and how his word was jumping out and coming alive to me. And I can apply it immediately. And, I, and all these, as I began to seek him. And then before you know it, an accident happened and I ended up meeting the woman that I am married to today. Everything I prayed for, I got. Every detail I asked for, I got. She isn't the woman of my dreams because dreams become nightmares. Come on, somebody. She is the woman of my prayers, which means when God gives you some, it's a blessing forever. And he blessed me because I was seeking him first. Saints of God, when you seek God first, that means that you are presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Because I see you like, how does that look, Pastor? What does it look like to present my body? Do I need to come and lay down on the altar? Well, maybe you do. I remember, you know, people talk about what we do on the outside. Well, it's really spiritually. Well, while we were talking about being intentional. Intentionally, I wanted to give my life to Christ. I did not know what that looked like. I was a new Christian, and I sat there, and all I knew was that, that at the altar, there were things that took place. And I, I didn't wait for the explanation. I didn't wait for the Bible study. I just heard that the, when the pastor read, and he was talking about the altar, it was a place of exchange where people laid down their sacrifice for their sins. And I knew I wanted to be different. And I was like, well, look, I want to be like... Uh, Isaac, I want to be that sacrifice. I want to lay myself down. And I remember coming to the altar constantly in a natural state. And I didn't realize what was happening to me spiritually. Because physically I did something, but spiritually something was happening. I was laying down at the altar because I didn't know what it looked like to give my life to Christ. I read it. I, I, heard, the, I heard all these sermons. I did, but I didn't know the practicality of doing it. So I began to start laying down my body at the, at the altar, and I laid there, and I just began to seek God uh, just during worship. And, and as the music was going, sometimes you're in here, you see some of the men or the women, and they come down, and they get on their knees, and they begin to pray, and they're worshiping. And, and I don't want you to sit here and fool yourself and think they're dealing with any kind of sin. They're not dealing with sin. They're just trying to surrender. They're trying to get their lives to Christ. There's issues in their life that need tissues, and they're tired of dealing with it. And they're like, God, I want more of you. This is what happens. I remember. I remember laying right down at the altar, and as soon as worship was over, I was, in a, I, was, I was in the throne room. Literally, my body was here, but I felt like Paul when he said, I don't know if it was naturally or spiritually that I was caught up in the third heavens. I was in the throne room of God. I had lost all power. I, I couldn't stand, and, and I was crying. I couldn't hold my head up, and I just began to just worship God. He wasn't speaking to me, but I was in his presence, and when we're in the presence of God, things begin to change in our lives, and things that I wanted to do, I, I just didn't want to do anymore, and just in a moment, and I remember the deacons in the church coming over to pick me up because the pastor's trying to preach and I'm down here crying and snotting all over the rug and I remember the bishop looked and he said, leave him alone. Amen. 
See, there's sometimes that there's an intimacy, time of intimacy that people are having with God. You don't want to disturb. When you're being intimate, I, I don't need you to come put your hands on me. I, I know emotionally you're feeling for me. You may see me crying, but I'm with my Lord and Savior. I'm, as the Bible said, and Adam knew Eve, and then she conceived. See, I'm, I'm the Adam, and, and I'm trying to know God, or God's the Adam, and I'm the Eve, and, and I want him to know me, and I want to know him. I'm being intimate, and I want to conceive. I want to birth a new life in me, and, and I can't happen. I don't need you to, to come and, and pray for you. You can pray for me over there. Trust me, your, your prayers will reach, and and you don't have to touch me because I'm being touched by the hands of God. And, and, and this is what it happens. When God meets you at a certain place, things change begins to happen. You don't need to know all the reasons why. You don't need to know how it's done. You don't need to know the methods. You just need to trust that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask of or think or even know. God wants us to start laying our lives down, saints. I'm sorry I don't have a seven-point message for you today. But there comes a time that the gospel needs to be preached just plain and clear. We cannot live on both sides of the fence. Straddling the fence is the most uncomfortable position you could ever be in naturally. Truths aside, God says, I, I, I call the heavens and earth to be a witness unto you today, that today I lay before you the choice. I put before you blessings and cursings, life and death. You choose ye this day whom you will serve. The Lord God, the creator of all heaven and earth, are the gods of your father's. The pagan gods, yourself. I'm sorry, but you guys, you know what? Coming to church isn't for God. Well, man, you know, I bless God. I come to church. That isn't, it's for you. You come to church to serve other people. Let me get you out of this church theology that's not real. Now, yes, you will receive. Trust me, you will receive. But I don't come to church to receive. I come to church to give. I give of my time. I give of my talent. And I give of my treasure. I love people like the Lord, the Lord God loved me. I, I lay out my heart for folk. I come and I serve in the capacity of a pastor. And you best believe I'm a faithful tither. And giver. And I do that when I come to church. I come and I hear your stories. I hug you and I love you. And this is, this is not just the job of a pastor. It's the job of every single person that is a part of this body. I don't hug you with my thought. I hug you with my arms. I hug you. My body comes in and I squeeze you. That's because my fingers are working. My hands are working. My arm is working. Everything is working. We are fitly joined together, a body of believers. So when you come to church, you may not be preaching the word, but you can show, show, show somebody some love by giving them a hug. You could love on somebody by serving in the kids ministry. You could love on somebody by greeting them at the front door. Okay, maybe you don't do that too well. You could love on somebody by cleaning the church on Monday and Friday. 
You can get connected in the church by going to a small group. This is what it looks like to present your body, a living sacrifice, laying your life down at the cross. The good thing about the cross is there's plenty of room. When God set the table, he set the table, and it's funny. There's chairs there, and there's plates there, but do you guys realize it's, it's like the more there's room. There's room at his table, and, and the more that is willing, whom, whomso is willing, whomever is willing, God has room for. Today is the day. Today is the day. It is your day. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to everybody in here. I don't care where you're at or you think you're at with Christ. If, if you know you know your commitment level, I'm, I'm not saying anything. This is between you and God. But I know God changed this whole message up. Did he change this whole message up? Just hit me, slap me in the face. That God loves you so much that he would interrupt a message to talk to you. To talk to all of us and where we at to consider our ways. Consider your ways. Is your sacrifice something that's acceptable unto the Lord? Or is he rejecting it the same way that he rejected Cain's? Because it's something that came from his flesh. Now, I know some of you going, well, that's not Cain's fault. How is he supposed to know what to offer? Watch this. The same way you know what you should be offering. Because I'm going to show you something. If you go back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve had sinned, the whole Adam, where art thou? God slayed an animal. And I believe that animal that he slayed was the same animal, the same person that he slayed before the foundations of the earth. He took that sacrifice that he made before he created heaven and earth and it was a lamb before the foundations of the earth the bible says the lamb was slain he took that lamb and the bible says that he covered them with skins he took the lamb and covered him with skins what he was saying is he taught adam a lesson that a sacrifice has to be something that dies it has to be the best. And when he taught Adam that, Adam understood that the covering that I get from my sacrifice is coming from being inside of that sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. The skins covered their nakedness. So then, Adam, being a good dad, a good father, taught that to his children. His children knew that if we're going to give a sacrifice to God, it's got to be something that dies. Abel knew this, being the firstborn. He knew this, but he chose not to do it. He knew the requirement, but chose not to do it. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You not laying your life down for God is because you choose not to do it. There is nothing stopping you. Yes, it's hard. But it was hard for Jesus to get on the cross. It was even harder for him to stay on there. He did it for us. 
Abel knowingly offered what he wanted to offer. So today, as, as we close, I'm going to ask you guys to stand to your feet because what are you going to offer God today? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. For more information on the church, upcoming events, and ways for you to get plugged into the body of Christ. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.